Welcome back. <laughs> oh, hello. 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 Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Thread Podcast. The first one of the year? Yeah, it still feels so good to say Inner Thread Podcast. Mm. You like it? I just feel like I was holding on to a secret for so long and finally like I've oh, come clean about. <laughs> let's take a big deep breath and let's get in. Today's episode is about supporting your parents. There's a lot here, so let me say this first. We grow up as kids and our parents do everything for us, and then there comes a time in your life where you basically look eye to eye with your kids. Your parents hopefully stop treating you like kids. So that's topic number one. So give me from your side, when do you treat me like a son and when do you treat me like an adult? Well, no, you're always gonna be my son, but you're no longer my kid. Okay, good start. Okay, so that's the way I feel about it, first of all. But it's a beautiful subject. I think it's a really big moment of growth. It's actually a huge moment of growth because what happened is that we tend to put our parents on a pedestal. As kids, think about it. It makes sense, right? As kids, the parents are little gods. They can do it all. They can open doors. They can <laughs> uh, reach the high cabinets. So they powerful. know everything. So uh, for a child, a young child, parents are really... Like incredible, they're incredible beings. So we tend to put them on a pedestal. We all do. For the most part of our life, we put our parents on a pedestal. And it's crazy how much power we give them in our mind because parents are just any other person. They have their problems, they have their injuries, they have their woundedness, they have their shortcomings and all that. It's just that we sometimes have a much harder time seeing it as, as kids. And then we grow up and we're probably running into some of the shortcomings and some of the issues but we usually don't take them off the pedestal. There's a very crucial moment in one's life where they can actually take their parents off the pedestal, reevaluate them as people like any other person, and can see them in the real light of who they really are. And by doing that, you're actually accepting them in a more realistic way. And it's a really, really important moment because that's coming to kind of your own adulthood. So do you have to do that? Do you have to accept your parents so that when you're eventually a parent, you can accept your kid? I think it's before even that. You have to accept your parents as just normal adults, like regular people like everybody else, and evaluate them in that light compared to other adults that you know and re realize who they really are. What does that mean? So if your parent gives you like too much advice and they want you to be a doctor or a dentist and you don't like... You don't want to do that. If you put them on the pedestal, you think their word is God and you do you pick that career. No, I think that it's much, much deeper than that. It's it's we give them we give our parents a lot of power in, in knowing things and things they say that really stick with us and how about like your belief system and stuff like that? I'm thinking that parents have the power of saying something that can really be hurtful more than anybody else. Mm. Not letting it sting as much. Their uh, parents' word could be so much more meaningful to one's uh, kid. When you tell me that you're proud of me, it almost feels too good. I had to go to therapy to like, why does it feel so good? I don't need it that much. Well, you do, and that's the thing, because I'm a on a pedestal for you in some ways. Yeah. Like somebody else would say he's proud of you, or think you're doing a great job, and feel good, but it wouldn't be nearly Not the, the same. same. Look, I'm 50. I think I told you that. I'm 58 now. My mom told me she's 80. <laughs> she told me how proud she was of me, and as much as I like want to disconnect from it, it felt amazing. I'm like, this took 80 years to hear that. Uh, I get it, you know? It's always, this, they're always going to have that kind of power. Yeah. 
It's really important to talk about this subject because it's not about the parents so much. It's about you being a mature adult and trusting yourself and stop trusting that the parent will solve your problems or know mm-hmm. more or know better. They may know something with their life experience and you can appreciate that and talk to them, but it's coming to your own adulthood. It's yeah. actually what I'm trying to say. So that's such a good segue because I'm thinking my work in therapy has been trying to get you off that pedestal. Like, I don't need your approval. I don't need to run every single thing in my life past you to make sure that I'm handling it. Yes, you do, Sean. <laughs> See, you, you, you made this problem. <laughs> You're why I'm in therapy. <laughs> but my point was that I always struggle with when can I run things past you in a healthy way versus like when am I too dependent on you? No, that's not it. It's you can run things past me. It's, I think it's more, I'm sorry to, to interrupt here, but I think it's a different way to see it. It's You can run things past me, but when do you take my opinion as just one more opinion? Mm. Or do I have more power than other opinions? Yeah. On, on, do you know what I mean? That's the issue here. More it's recently, like you put me on a pedestal, meaning my opinion means more. So yeah. Well, more recently, you've disagreed with me on things. I'll be like, hey, there's this thing going on. I'm going to do that. And you're like, oh, I think you should do it the other way. Like, thanks for that, but I'm going to stick to this one. And that's pretty new for me because I usually just forfeit my own opinion and take yours because... So, so, so I have a comment here. Yeah. Children should be careful. Sometimes they do the opposite because... because despite their parents. Right. So you still they still have the power on them. Yeah. Right? So doing the opposite doesn't mean that you're not giving them power. It's really difficult. Yeah. It's really knowing yourself well and coming from your own authentic place. Mm. And you can listen to different opinions, including your parents, and still make your own decision. Unemotionally. Even emotionally, but with this knowing that you are making it for yourself really, truly who you are. I guess all I'm trying to say is that usually the parents have a louder voice in there. Even if they don't speak, and even if they're dead, they still could have a loud voice in your head. Yeah. That's almost where your part of your inner voice comes from. You know, you're like inner critic and stuff. A lot of time I feel like it's your parents. A hundred (laughs) percent. I usually, when people tell me about their doubting voice, I ask them, Whose voice is this? <laughs> oh, that's my dad. Yes. He's still, I mean, I'll never be a, anything. You know? And that's, you know, it's interesting you said whether they're dead or alive because it really has nothing to do with them. I think is my takeaway from when you said that. It has nothing to do with whether they're there or not. It's this voice that you've adopted in your head and that you feed and you keep feeding and empowering and, and letting this inner critic run your insecurities. I mean, I can say that it actually makes a lot of sense that that voice will be very powerful because it was so powerful in your young life when you, yeah. got f- you you formed your opinions about the world. So taking it off the pedestal is kind of like disarming that voice a little bit. It's absolutely. It's basically making it just one more voice. Mm-hmm. And there will be a lot of voices in your life and you need to actually put your parents' voice as one more voice in your life and not the voice of your life. Yeah. And it's not just the voice. I'm not speaking about necessarily about words. It's expectations that could be beyond words. It's expectations that could be or, or pressure that could be nonverbal. It could be a body language of some kind. It's that deep subconscious. Yes, you know, imagine that your mom doesn't say yes or no and give an opinion, but she has a certain body language that you translate or know well into like some sort of a rejection, disgust, mistrust, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's enough. It's so intricate. The relationship is so sophisticated that it's not just necessarily words. It's a complete system of influence that you have to unload and uh, come to peace with. As much as I was hoping for you and your brothers not to have it, it's, it's impossible. I'm there, I'm, I'm influential. You're in my head. <laughs> Being a grown-up and maturing up is taking responsibility, realizing there's a lot of voices in my head, mostly my parents' and expectations, maybe my parents'. 
and I need to go and figure out what I really want. And by, you can never get there if you don't know who you are. So you need to first figure out who you are. And when you know who you are, you can act from that place more authentically. Uh, and those voices are less loud. So you never answer my question. When do you treat me like a kid? When do you treat me like an adult? What goes on through your head? And then I guess the third part of that would be like, first you treat me like a kid, then you add the, you can treat me like an adult element, and then you can actually come to me for support. It's really not about me. I think it's more about you. As a parent, I feel that my job is to help you come to a very stable place in your life. Fly by yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me to keep you a kid is actually counterproductive to what I want to achieve. I yeah. want to achieve you being free and independent. So my goal is to help you get there. So there's advice I can give. There's things, there, there was a moment in our relationship where you stop being a child. You, I start seeing you as an adult and treat you as an adult. And I was hoping that you respond to me as an adult. And slowly you start believing that you're an adult and start acting like one. So I could start relating you as one. It wasn't just my work. It's also you. I was, I was hoping for you to get there. Mm-hmm. But you at one point started to own it. So then you became more an adult and you start taking responsibilities. You know, a lot of children, they will blame their parents for a lot of their faults. They may be true, but there's a moment they have to do something about it. Mm. Uh, and that's taking responsibility. That's being mature. That's being an adult. Yes, our parents influenced us. They're not perfect. I know I'm not. I know I've done things that I wish I didn't. At one point, you've got to say, okay, that's how my dad is. Let me clean it up and let me go work on myself so that is better with me. Mm-hmm. That's the level of maturity. Once you, the, That step alone is already a mature step. That's the accountability, stepping into adulthood. And not being a victim. Not being a victim. Yes, because yeah. uh, so many people in the world walk around and blame everybody else for their trouble. Oh, my parents did it to me. It's all because of my family. Okay, true. You can do something about it. Stop pointing the finger out, start pointing the finger inside and do the cleanup you need to do inside of you and in your own mind and then come back to the world better because blaming everybody else will get get you nowhere. Mm-hmm. It will get you nowhere. You, you, basically, you're staying a child. You are powerless there. Is there ever a time where blaming someone is fitting or is it always an internal thing it's no it's okay to be mad about something that happened and blame them for acting this way it's okay to be upset about it but it's not going to come to a resolution if you're not going to find a way to be with it so you have to move past the victim part and like absolutely you were a victim you know in a way because you had no power in the situation you were a child this happened to you it could be from very simple things to abuse and i'm not discounting Terrible, be you know that could be terrible behavior that takes a long time to repair, but there is a chance for you to step into your own power and actually seeing the other person, the parent, as an injured individual, as a troubled individual that created the problem to you, and now you can see them as their in their injury and their woundedness and in their humanity <laughs> and they're, and they're just as, as just human like everybody else and yourself and in a way, forgive them and move on. But, you know, you need to go to the steps. Yeah. Um, but that's maturity. That's... So you're saying that basically first, because I asked you, like, when do you treat me like a kid, an adult, etc.? You treat me like a kid until you see me starting to take accountability, until you see me starting to take responsibility. And once you see me on that adult level... When I see you actually acting like a, more on an adult level, taking responsibilities, seeing things for yourself, 
working on yourself and not blaming anybody else for things like saying, you know, this is what happened to me and it's because of, you know, what used to used to do, uh, dad used to do this to me, so I'm reacting this way, but I'm going to go work on it and, and get better. That's That makes me feel that I can trust you as an adult because you are taking responsibility for your own stuff. You're not blaming people. It's a kind of a very dynamic uh, relationship where I would like you to be an adult. Uh, maybe I'm not doing everything right about it, but you realizing it, you becoming an adult, at that point we can actually see each other in the same eye level and sometimes you still need me to be your friend or your, you know, maybe even your parent. And sometimes I can see you as a friend and someone I can lean on. So should kids be able to support their parents? Why not? Should parents feel comfortable getting support from their kids? Absolutely. And a lot of parents don't allow that. I see that a lot. I see that with, with my what are, clients. What are the reservations? I have, I have clients that are really wise. I have, a, you know, I have a perfect example in my mind, exactly this conversation I had last week. I have a woman, super reliable. She had a great position in the business world, high position. She studied a lot of psychology, and, and now she's talking to her mom about problems at home. And the mom started opening up because she never did. And then she stops in a minute and she goes, I just don't want, it's not a good conversation. I don't want to burden you with that. That's not what a parent should do. And she asked me, is that what a parent should do? The daughter did. And I said, yes, you need to encourage her to rely on you. It's her own shortcomings, thinking that she cannot lean on you and she's protecting you from something that you actually can help. Can it be too premature that a parent relies on a kid for support? Do you it ever could see be, that? It could, it could be premature. It, and it does happen because a lot. Because then it becomes, I, I becomes see, burdensome. I, I see that too. When parents rely, you know, rely on their kids too much and, and the kids feel very burdened by it. They have those clients as well. What I'm trying to say is this. It's really important. For parents to be able to notice and recognize that their child became an adult and can actually be there, it's a wonderful thing if they can rely on them because that actually validates the child that is an adult, really. And it's like you're disrespecting your kid. When you say to a kid, what, what that mom said, I can't really tell you that because I don't want to burden you, it's a, there's, a, there's a level of disrespect. She's still seeing her as a child. Yeah, belittling. Right? And that's not correct. And I asked her, how do you feel about it? you think you can help? She goes, absolutely, I can help. I can do a lot for her. I said, well, you need to actually push her on this subject and say, I help other people and stop protecting me because I can be that for you. And that's kind of the switch that needs to happen. So it's not only the parent that doesn't do it. The child has to kind of demand to, to, to step into that role and, and, in a way, prove to the parent that they can actually be there for them. And that's a delicate place. Mm-hmm. I can see that it bring a lot up for people. It's a very interesting subject, yes. But I think it's a necessary thing to talk about in this world. So let's conclude this episode. What I'm hearing you say is adult raises his kids, right? And at one point, they see them being enough of an adult. And there's a really beautiful opportunity there where they can start looking to the kids for support. But there's this whole other side of that where when a parent sees their kid, they can actually support them. Then they go to them for support. It's a moment where the, the kid is almost like graduating to adulthood. Adult, not even adulthood. It's past adulthood. It's like... Uh, um, rite of passage? Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. Maybe it's a power shift. Exactly, it's a power shift, and I think it takes a lot of vulnerability. It's really courageous from the parent. Well, sometimes it's courageous. From a strong parent that can handle life and doing well and stable, that's courageous because it's a moment of letting go of, yeah. of that power and sharing the power. And and it's not that it's like goes one way and that's it. Now, from now on, the, the child supports the parent. Now there's a mutual friendship where we can support each other. I would like to say that this is where things should go. Yeah, okay. It's like, you know, the, 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 the parents still have the wisdom and life experience and they can support the child, but the child can support the parents with, you know, with, with whatever they can do. And that's a beautiful relationship. I see it sometimes where 
the minute the child can stand on his own, the parents leaning on them. And that that's unhealthy. That's dependency. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, but I but I heard you basically say that there is an evolution from when there's this like parent kid dynamic and it turns into friendship. It really turns into friendship. Yes, that right. is where it's beautiful. And the, and the friendship, then you have to play by the friendship rules where there's boundaries. You can't be codependent on each other. There shouldn't be unhealthy attachments. It's much harder because there's like a parent-kid dynamic. History, yeah. yeah. There's a lot more in there. It used to be this person's God. But that's a beautiful conclusion is like, you know, you raised me. I was your kid. I was your son. I felt like I turned into an adult. You watched me spread my wings. You kind of let go a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you started to come to me for support, you really felt like I could hold space for you. Mm -hmm. And that was big because for me to, to see that you were vulnerable and you trusted mm -hmm. me and you would open up to the to me about the things that you were struggling with or that we're working on. I remember feeling like, wow, this is this is starting to blossom into like a deep friendship. And it's But uh, how did you feel for you? And that's no, for me, it felt like. You felt more like an adult. You felt, I felt stronger, like an adult. Right? Yeah, and it was. I trusted you. It was a rite of passage, and it was a really beautiful moment. And but I couldn't do it if I didn't think you could take it. You know, if I felt like I'm embirding in you, I wouldn't do it. So I did it because I did trust that you can do it. Yeah. And you know, maybe it kind of gave you the opportunity to be in your power. Yeah, totally. totally. So that's what what creates kind of, and that's that's the power distribution. And once you own that power, we can actually start the new dance of like two adults in the world mm -hmm. being friends and letting go of this uh, father-son thing. And sometimes yeah. I think you come to me and you want to be you want to be the son. I told you before, like I need my dad right now. I mm -hmm. I can't be like yes. this isn't a friend friend thing. Like I need my father, and right. you're, and you put the different hat on. But right. the fact that we have walked so far in like the friendship direction to me is incredible, and I think. If there's anything that we can share from this podcast, it's how much closer that relationship has brought us. And yeah, and it's a it's a continuous dance, yeah. right? I mean, and it's a very you need to carefully watch it all the time. Like you know, that was maybe not great, and that yeah. was better. And we talk about it, but yeah, and sometimes I want you to be my son. I don't want you to be uh, come to you know support me. Like you know, it's okay. Yeah. Think. And sometimes I feel like you need to be that. But as a parent, it makes me feel great where my kids turning into responsible adults and they're no longer victims or blaming and just like take responsibilities for themselves and for their life. And that's a wonderful thing for me to see. And then I can relate to them as, in that way too. Beautiful. Well, hopefully there were some takeaways here with our relationship. Yeah, I think that uh, this podcast is a father-son podcast and uh, you ask me a lot of questions, but you bring a lot of wisdom and uh, you're actually creating the whole space here. So there's a mutuality here as well. So that's kind of a manifestation of our relationship this, this yeah. whole thing here yeah so it's a good way to kind of start the year feeling like what is this thing is even about well let's end it there thank you for joining us we wish everybody an amazing 2022 and hope to see you back here next week for another episode mm -hmm.